Are you looking to expand your mind? Do you like to challenge and be challenged? Looking to improve yourself and share your experiences professionally and personally? You're in the right place. Welcome to ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows, with your host, Rolf Surd. And we are live. Welcome to another episode of ScoutCast. My name is Rolf Suit, and I'll be your host. So a sentiment shared by CEOs, HR management, and sometimes the bad guy in the movies when he's ultimately defeated by the hero is, it's hard to find good help these days. So how does one find the right person for the job? That is what we're talking about on this episode, recruitment. Today, we're roasting some marshmallows with Dominika Sawa. By day, she's a recruiter and partner at Van Storm a recruiting and contracting company founded by a group of like-minded enthusiasts who believe that recruitment can be stress-free and fun. Van Storm does recruitment for the maritime sector, from yacht building and shipbuilding to offshore and ports and dredging, including marine equipment with special attention to positions that focus on sustainability. On her diploma, it says she's a Spanish teacher and translator, and other than that, she's a cat lover, traveler, veggie baker, and cook. Today, we will talk about recruitment with Dominica, what she does to bring the right talent to the appropriate challenge for her clients. Welcome, Dominica. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> cool, welcome to the show. I think you're the first lady that we're having on the show. So uh, congrats on that uh, feat. <laughs> congrats <you>. to us. <laughs> yeah, or congrats to us as well. Yeah. Or shame on us for not doing this uh, sooner. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, you guys are already hearing Panche. You're also here. Welcome. You also have uh, some experience with recruitment in the past, Panche? Uh, yes, uh, thanks, uh, Rolf. Yeah, right. So I was uh, I ran a company and office in Macedonia for about five, six years. So I was um, doing part of recruitment for, yeah, well, in all stages of recruitment for, for that company. Then uh, later on uh, in uh, other roles, I've been a recruitment manager. So uh, always worked with other recruiters. So, yeah, this all right. is also a cool. very dear topic to me. It was one yeah. of the... Yeah, the aspects of my work that I actually enjoyed. Cool. And uh, we also have Enrique on the show. What's your experience with recruitment, Enrique? Well, I've, I can almost call myself a full-time recruiter now because I'm basically recruiting quite a lot for, uh, for our customers. And I think uh, in the past a few years, we have been trying to recruit also for first scouts. So I've been uh, involved in this process, uh, yeah, quite a lot. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't call myself a recruiter, but... Uh, I'm doing quite a lot and it's always a huge discussion for me and I'm quite interested to see how uh, yeah, how I can learn from this. Yeah, I'm very curious as well. So, so Dominika, could you uh, maybe explain to listeners uh, what it is that you're exactly doing? Yeah, of course. Um, first of all, I'm quite surprised to hear that uh, you guys have so much um, experience in recruitment as well. I was not aware of that. <laughs> so I have quite a competition. Um, I... I um, Usually, I don't call myself a, a recruiter. I, okay. I rather say that I work in recruitment uh, because I think mm -hmm. that um, recruitment is quite a complex uh, industry and in, it entitles a lot of uh, levels, a lot of faces. Mm -hmm. um, and you can be more or less focused on uh, each one of them or all together. Uh, so uh, I've been working in recruitment for the maritime sector for around 10 years. Um, and I'm personally focused on the yacht building, so quite a niche uh, focus or, or markets, yeah. uh, which makes it quite interesting uh, for me as well. So does that mean that you're visiting like Monaco, Saint-Tropez, all these like super expensive places to uh, check out the latest in yachts or is it not as glamorous? Um, yes, I uh, I went to Monaco quite um, yeah I think for three or four times. Um, oh, nice. I think it's it's yeah it's it's part of it. Uh, let's say it's it's nice to uh, get a glimpse of that uh, of the yacht uh, world. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that um, for the recruitment purposes, it's not yet. Let's say it's not. Uh, I didn't get that much out of it. It's more of of networking, which is. Again, a huge part of, uh, yeah. of working in recruitment, uh, to shake some hands, to show your face, also to get the taste of uh, yeah, what you're actually uh, working for or, or with. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, you know, how, how do you find like the right person for the job? Because I can imagine with, with yacht building, it's, uh, like you said, it's a pretty big niche. And uh, I'm guessing it's a lot of different skills required, right? I mean, you got the guys that built the ship, but I'm, I suppose there's also the interior to, to, to think about. 
isn't it like a yeah really hard to find find the right guys or girls um yeah it's quite a quite a complex uh, question or rather answer <laughs> um i think what makes a yacht uh, something mm -hmm. specific is that uh, it's actually a floating hotel uh, usually a five-star hotel uh, so mm -hmm. If you are a very, 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 very rich person, uh, you already uh, have uh, a villa in every cool place in the world and you bought uh, 10 cars, uh, then you get a yacht. It's like yeah. the ultimate uh, uh, success uh, show off uh, that, that yeah, shows your, your, sta your status. Yeah. Um, so I, I also think very specific people uh, go for uh, being a yacht owner. Um, one thing of, is, is, of course, to get a yacht, which is mm -hmm. quite expensive on its own, but to maintain it later on, it's another story. Uh, so you, you need to have a, a big uh, cash load to, to actually go for the decision. Yeah. Um, and uh, your question was actually about the, uh, how do I find the, the right person? Um, I think, first of all, you need to get, the, get to know the industry. Okay. Uh, I'm not an engineer uh, from uh, my background. Um, I actually think majority of, of recruiters or HR-related people, uh, they come from something completely different and yep. they, be they became who they are based on their potential or they, their, their soft skills. Um, and uh, I think yeah, the main thing is to be a good listener. I think okay. this is very important uh, to be a good uh, recruiter. Um, so first of all, you need to get... The, the industry quite well, uh, get to know it. Uh, you need to uh, get the client, mm -hmm. get to know the client very well. You need to make uh, a connection with the hiring manager, uh, also with the, your contact person within the company, which usually is the, the HR person or the internal recruiter. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, you focus on um, on networking among your your yeah potential potential candidates, and that's also quite a broad story how you yeah. do that. Okay, so uh, based on that, I, oh. oh, sorry, I, w I was going to ask, like, the, from your point of view, because you said, like, you are not an engineer, uh, does a recruiter or a person who is recruiting someone, does it make a difference if this person actually did the job before? Is it more beneficial or not really? I don't think so, and I, yeah, I'm a, I'm an example of that. Um, I think at the beginning when I started, I had absolutely no idea uh, what the engineering consists of. Uh, of course, I, I was reading a lot about it, uh, doing the research, talking to people, and I think um, what I mentioned before, being a good listener, really helps you because you call someone, not even with the purpose of getting him a job or recruiting him, but you really ask deep questions about what they do. And um, I think um, majority of engineers, of course, I don't want to generalize, but I think majority of, of engineers are still guys and they like to really brag and talk about what they do. So I think it's no, a good combination. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good combination if you, if you really call them like with uh, genuine interest um, and you just tell them, hey, you know, I'm new in it. Can you please explain me what you do? And mm. you just ask one question after another. And they, they were really, really eager to, to talk about it and to explain it. Um, so I think that was very helpful um, to get that approach for people really wanting you to understand what they do. And that's, that's how I learned. So, so that was, you kind of touched upon the question that I was going to ask. Well, I'm going to ask it again. So it's quite an interesting journey, right? You mentioned you've been doing this for about 10 years now. Uh, and by vocation, you are a Spanish teacher and a translator. Um, how do you well i'm curious about how did you ended up end up doing this uh, and you partially maybe and and which of your the traits that you maybe from your vocation you took over and you implemented and you used here maybe which ones did you discover that you didn't even that you did did you had before um i think it was quite an uh, well an interesting turn of events i um actually the job found me I didn't uh, look for it uh, actively. Uh, I think this is one of the happy coincidences, uh, which are which are quite uh, interesting when they happen. Um, I think there is a, a very big connection and a bridge between what it needs to, what it takes to uh, to be a teacher um, and a recruiter. Because first of all, I, I think being a good recruiter uh, requires 
um, having the general interest in people. And uh, what I mentioned again, being a, a good listener, um, showing interest, uh, being focused on someone one-on-one, -on -one, uh, getting a personal approach. Um, also not being afraid to just go there and talk to someone you don't know. And um, yeah, for the teacher it's more like passing the knowledge, but also being very receptive to what your students um, ask for or, or need. And I think that's, that's something that I found in, in recruitment as well, at least at the beginning. Okay, and um, you know your company that you, Van Storm. You're you're a partner there. So are you like a co-owner, or how does the how should I see it? Yeah, we uh, we created Van Storm uh, together with uh, a couple of, of, of my partners. Actually, mm -hmm. we the aim was to um, for everyone to be a partner, everyone mm -hmm. who joins as well. This is the the uh, the part that we uh, it was one of the reasons why we created uh, Van Storm. Uh, to be able to to uh, um, do recruitment in in a way that we believe is the best. Okay. So uh, in a more relaxed environment, uh, without uh, hard uh, targets, uh, focusing more on quality, not quantity. Okay. Um, and those are the people that we are looking for to yeah to join our team. And uh, those are the 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 hard um, points that uh, are required for someone to work. Yeah. with us and um is it, is it like because yacht building i can imagine happens all across the world so do you also try and find people all across the world for clients everywhere or do you focus on the netherlands i i, I don't really know too much about the actual yacht building industry where that happens if it's uh, like where the manufacturing happens um i think if you look at the global yacht building uh, mm -hmm. the top players are definitely germany and uh, the netherlands okay uh, when you look yeah, the shipyards and the design offices, um, and the clients come from all over the world. I think majority it's Asia and uh, and the States. Um, we focus on cooperating with Dutch companies, so uh, for now located in in the Netherlands, and uh, it depends on the clients. Some some of them are very open for expats for international mm -hmm. uh, candidates. Uh, others are quite uh, closed, and they prefer uh, Dutch or Dutch speaking um, okay. engineers. Uh, so the candidates come from from all over the world. And uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, engineers, but uh, I can imagine like to keep a yacht afloat, you also need like a captain and you need all kinds of personnel. Is that also uh, uh, people that you can uh, recruit or is it mostly um, focused on the building? And once the building is complete, then your job is also done. Exactly. Um, my job is never done, I think. But, <laughs> well, for uh, that yacht, I guess, right? <laughs> it is, it is, uh, it's, it's, those are two uh, separate things. One is uh, a team that actually makes, um, makes it happen, that the yacht mm -hmm. is being created, first invented, uh, engineered, designed, uh, produced, uh, yep. and then you have a crew. So yep. captain is a part of the crew, and that's something that is out of my reach. Okay. Of my reach, it's, it depends on the owner. Okay. And... Uh, and like, why would you create your own company on recruitment and not jo just join as a recruiter from one of those big yacht builders? Like, what, what would be the motivation to have a recruitment company? Or would you say, like, let's say for one of our customers, they are discussing that, right? Like, should I hire my own recruiter or should I hire a company like yours to hire developers? What would be your take in this? Um, I think both... Uh... Yeah, both options are, are good. Uh, it depends on, on what you want personally. Um, I think what, uh, the way how we do it, at least for me as, a, as someone in recruitment, uh, working as an external uh, company that provides recruitment services, I think it makes it much more interesting because I have several clients. If you are in-house recruiter, you focus only on one company. And of course, you also have some kind of restrictions. The, the, there might be... Um, some kind of gentleman's agreements between certain companies that say we don't steal people from each other or we don't recruit people from each other without uh, knowing it before. I don't have that. Uh, of course, I'm not going to recruit uh, actively from, uh, from, from my clients, the, the companies I, I work with. Yeah, exactly. um, but then also the, the, I, I, I decide myself about the restrictions. So that's, those are two completely different approaches to dynamics. It, it really depends on what a person wants. 
So, but like you don't see it, for example, for like a company that is very small, it's more beneficial to just hiring a recruitment company and a company that is like huge with thousands of employees would be probably better be having their own recruitment. Or you also think that if a company has thousands of employees, it would still beneficial to hire an outsider recruitment company? Um, I think it depends on the, on the strategy and what the company needs. Uh, if you plan to grow and uh, double your size within uh, one year, I think it makes sense to either hire a professional and specialized uh, team of recruiters or you go to um, an, an external company and yeah, give an exclusive assignment to, for someone to focus on it. I think it's, it's the same as you, uh, you take any decision to outsource a certain service. So um, it can be, um, you can outsource your payroll or marketing uh, or recruitment. Yeah. It's just to, to go for a person that is really, really specialized in a certain topic. Yeah. So um, the yacht building, yacht sector is quite, a, quite an exotic, at least for me, I guess, for, for us and mostly probably for us. And we are all coming from uh, the digital IT sector. How would um, recruitment be different? And this is what we are familiar with. So I'm curious, how, would, how do you think recruitment would be different um, between the sector where you're operating uh, and the sector that we're, where we are? Um, I'm, I, I cannot uh, really have, a, uh, have an opinion about recruitment within IT because I, I never did that. I, can, uh, I only know, heard some stories, uh, but I think um, we've- That's good to hear, on... maybe share some of those stories. <laughs> we, uh, we heard, uh, I think we, we focus on, on similar uh, types of people, uh, meaning engineers, which are majority beta uh, profiles. So it's quite different from people working in, let's say marketing or advertisements. Um, I think it requires certain uh, approach a special approach to uh, to the type of people you speak to or you try to make a connection with or at the end recruit or just have in your network beta um, profiles yeah it's not alpha it's it's beta it's someone that is more an introvert um focused more yeah could be very happy just working with the computer it doesn't need any interaction mm -hmm. uh, maybe doesn't even like human interaction or is not very good does that apply to you, Panche? <laughs> I don't know. You guys be the judge. Are you a better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, uh, you said that uh, um, you know a lot about your work is about listening to the to the to the client, but also to the potential uh, recruit. I guess so. That's like a lot of soft skills involved. But are there also like more hard? I guess hard skills involved in terms of like uh, I don't know managing your work or keeping a list of stuff to do or like, is it, is it only soft skills that you need as a recruiter? Uh, <clears throat> definitely not. I think it's, um, um, I think soft skills are more important than, uh, than hard skills. I think hard okay. skills you can, you can learn. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, another different story is if you're going to enjoy uh, performing certain tasks that are not uh, natural uh, for yeah. you. <clears throat> uh, let's say um, administration and, and keeping everything, all the files in order is not my strongest uh, point. It's not my <laughs> passion, but uh, of course you, you, you need to do it to build up a well-functioning database, uh, which is yeah super helpful later on in the in the recruitment process. Okay. Okay. And like uh, one thing that I always struggle a lot when I like follow social media or uh, like. I'm on LinkedIn, right? And I get like every week, a lot of emails offering me jobs. And it's just this highly automated, uh, unpersonal kind of request. And is that something that, uh, like how, the, how does this come to be, right? It's just like, it's just so easy to just bombard people with those kind of unpersonalized message that is actually worth it. Or how, how do you see this? Is it, and I also see a lot of complaints because they get, a lot of they focus a lot of on the hard skills mm -hmm. and then they just put like a lot of keywords <laughs> but yeah i i found it quite frustrating you know like receiving as a, a person just receiving those emails every week and then um, i'm wondering like how effective that is do you ha have any idea how this works uh, well, I'm not uh, being bombarded with all those messages, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you're the one doing uh, the bombard. 
<laughs> yeah, well, don't bomb Part one. I think that, um, of course, technology is supposed to make our life easier. I think this is usually the the the, the aim. Um, but I also noticed that um, I think the, the the technology makes us lazy as well in some points. And uh, if you automate uh, one thing, then you want to automate another one. And then uh, the question is, where does it end? And um, as as uh, as oh. much as, as yes, <laughs> this is the wrong audience to complain about automation, Dominika. They're going to bite <laughs> off your head. Hey. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, but first listen to my argument. <laughs> uh, I'm listening. I, like I am that. listening. I think they're they're building a, a counter arguments as you you talk. Um, no, just go ahead. I think you know there are, there are two sides of 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 it. One is uh, the 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 human parts of recruitment, so interaction between two people. I think you cannot automate that. Mm -hmm. um, second part is, um, for example. Also, a big thing of our focus is the relocation. If someone comes from another country to build up his life here, we find him a job, but we also assist him in uh, setting up a completely new life. And that part, I would love to be as automated as possible because you need to fill in a lot of forms, uh, being in touch, being in touch with the tax office, with the expat center, etc. And uh, unfortunately, it also cannot be done because uh, those are quite, yeah, uh, traditional organizations that certain forms are still, they still need to be filled in by hand and uh, using a scanner, yeah. etc. People don't even use the, the signature in the, in the PDF. It's, it's yeah, it, it goes mm. to, to, to those levels. So, yes, I'm, I'm all up for uh, automation in that part. Um, however, um, I noticed that um, the, the, the automation or technology, I think it also makes uh, recruiters quite lazy because it's very easy to send a, a batch of 30 email emails or um, uh, yeah, every recruiter gets immediately uh, a special feature as the uh, LinkedIn recruiter that mm -hmm. you can just contact anyone you want. Uh, when I started, it wasn't there. I actually had to connect personally with everyone, send an, uh, send an uh, invitation, maybe write a short message why I want to connect. Mm -hmm. And this is also how I learned. And I still do that. If I reach out to someone, um, of course, uh, there are certain um, hard skills you base your search on. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to reach out to someone. But I'm also thinking, how complete is your profile on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. or your CV even. Um, sometimes when, when I receive CVs from people, um, I see that it, it's also some kind of art to write a good CV, uh, to actually put on paper, not only what you can do, but also what you would like to do, uh, yeah. what you are capable of. And uh, I, th I, know, I think a lot of recruiters, they just scroll down to, okay, which software do you want? Do you know? Um, yeah, hobbies are not important. Which kind of person is not important? Um, I, I totally disagree with that approach. And um, okay. yeah. I think that automation it will never work in that uh, in that matter. It will never uh, substitute human interaction and actually looking for those soft skills. So Pancha, I'm, I'm... You, can, you can bite my, my head off now. Oh, I was, not, I was trying to protect you. I'm on board with you. I'm not full automation, but uh, the other colleagues yeah. of mine, uh, the rest no, of No, not at all. I'm actually... Fully automation. Oh. I... <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think on this subject, I think, we, I think we all agree with it, yeah. right? It's like, it's uh, definitely the human side of things is never going to go away. And I think there is definitely a lot that can be automated, but I don't... like. It's part of our process, right? Like if you want to even join Forest Scout, you have to work with us for a full day. Mm -hmm. And is we actually don't even look at CVs. CVs is irrelevant for us. That didn't happen. And uh, yeah, but you I already knew you. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we vouched for you. I vouched for you. Yeah. Thanks. No, but I, so I think I, I agree with you. And it's just that it's. Uh, and I actually just wonder if it actually works. I I have to find some. Yeah person well, who I, has to tell me like, yeah, we send a thousand emails. We always get at least two and that's why it's worth it. Right. It's like this uh, yeah. guy who just keep going on a party and hitting every girl and then suddenly one says yes. And then, whoa, night is a success. Right. Well, so I can imagine that works that way as well. One thing I would I, I, I can tell have tell you. A... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh God, I can so tell you. I can, tell... 
I can tell you where it works. It works in companies that uh, you need to, you have targets. Uh, as a recruiter, yeah. you, you get a target from your supervisor. You need to make uh, 20 phone calls every day. You need to send out 10, uh, 100 messages. Then you don't care. You couldn't care less who you contact yeah. because you just want to meet yeah. the target because this is what's, uh, what is required from your supervisor and what your supervisor needs to report to his supervisor. So it's like a... Yeah, exactly. A is that common practice? Effect. Yeah, I think so. In, yeah. in, in some companies, I think uh, it is. Is it... So, because it's something you, you started and you said, uh, I don't want to identify myself as, as a recruiter, but that you work in recruitment. And I think, I don't know if you experience the same, but I know that in our sector, um, recruiters, and I'm putting that in question marks, it's like doesn't have the best ring to people uh, in the world. Everybody, a lot of people just roll their eyes when they think of recruiters because of the things yeah. that Hika mentioned. Is it also common in your uh, sector as well? I think, or is um... it just like a general sentiment? No, only IT people hate me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we don't. We invited you no. here. Hey, so far so good. And I don't, I don't hate and you I don't just yet. I work in IT recruitment, so I don't understand. Um, well, I, I mentioned it to, to Enrique once that uh, I have some friends in, in, in IT and they, they work with, uh, with recruiters and every time they see me, they say like, shit, I hate recruiters. And, <laughs> and then we have a laugh about it and we talk. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I'm not surprised because, uh, yeah, all, all, the, all the things that you described, like the, the, the impersonal approach and uh, just uh, one-sided communication, it's, yeah, it doesn't make uh, people like you. And um, yeah, I think maybe yeah. what, I, what I mentioned with not calling myself a recruiter uh, also is related to the fact that we focus on so many other things as well. Like a huge part of my job is HR related. Uh, yeah. For the first year, at least, when when uh, we are still the legal employer of someone that that uh, that we consulted, um, I'm kind of uh, yeah a contact point for for everything that happens and uh, helping with relocation, with evaluations, with uh, planning the uh, evaluations and uh, learning development plans. Um, so it's not just get a contract signed next one it's it's uh, yeah so it's more like a, like a fuller service of uh, yeah. on, on, uh, recruitment onboarding and partially hr mm -hmm. yes yeah so that's actually quite interesting because then you build a relationship with your candidate and then you build mm -hmm. up further on that so you know you your motivation is fully fully different than if it would be only driven by numbers definitely definitely it's um um it's it's really nice. I it's really nice to see that sometimes people that uh, I didn't even consult but maybe spoke to um, uh, five, seven, ten years ago, they still um, come back and knock to my door. Um, mm. I, I strongly believe people do business with people, uh, not with companies. And yeah. if you make a good impression, uh, if you made a good connection, if you show them uh, what your intrinsic motivation is to to do what you do, right. uh, I think. Yeah, I think you can call yourself a, a successful recruiter, even if you don't meet the targets. Um, yeah. How, how do you know that, that you, like when you do one of these trajects of like finding somebody for a position and then all that, what, how do you know that you've done a good job? Like, what is the moment or like, what are you looking for that you say, okay, this, this went great. I'm, I'm getting so much energy out of this. What, what can you describe that? Like, uh, at which point do you know that... Uh, this was a su success. This placing is a success. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think it also depends on the on the person. With with one person, I would feel very successful and uh, fulfilled if uh, if I see them, let's say, a couple of years down the line, still working in the company that I consulted them uh, for and really having a great career. Um, it's also a success if if. Uh, if there's some complicated situation with the relocation, for example, and uh, I managed to solve it. Um, basically, I think the people being grateful, this is for me what's, what brings me the, the biggest energy. And um, yeah, it's also related to, to my, main, my main motivation to do the job, to, to, to help people achieve something that they want to achieve, start up a new life and new career yep. and help them with that. I think being in a position where you are, because when you're working with people and trying to get people to work for, for you or for a company that you vouch for, um, 
one of the, at least for me, one of the greatest things had been like, oh man, I, uh, when they would say, this has happened a while, uh, after a long time can happen, it's like, oh, I chose for this company or I chose for that because of this talk that I had with you or because of the person. So in the end, well, you said people choose to work with people and not with companies because companies couldn't uh, really, uh, yeah, companies is, um, what is, is sort of an abstract entity that becomes real in the right. eyes of the people. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, they always say commit yourself to an idea, not to a place or a person or or a company, because it's, everything can change. But if you follow your idea, of course, any idea can change as well. But I think it's it's something higher than than all the other things. And um, I, w I was wondering, how do you um, recognize a, a, a good client? Because you just mentioned uh, LinkedIn, for example. Uh, and I know from my field of work that we can also look at these public code repositories for for programmers like, uh, oh, you know, this guy has some uh, some publicly available code. I can check it out and see his work. But I can imagine for, for ship engineers, like, yeah, there's this yacht and you can look at the yacht and it looks good. But like, how, how do you judge the quality of these people if there's just LinkedIn? Or do you also have other types of social media and, and, and other platforms that you can maybe, use? Maybe some of this yacht is synced already. And then like, yeah, that was not a good job. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I, I think they wouldn't put it on their CV then. <laughs> or, or I, I think they should. At least they know how to do wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be. Depends what they learned from it. Mm, uh, Rolf, I, I think you said uh, clients first, and then I think you meant uh, candidates, right? Yeah, yeah, candidates, yeah. Like the engineers that's going to build the yacht, uh, that's what I mean. How do you recognize them? And is there other platforms or, or portfolios you can check out next to LinkedIn? Um, of course, LinkedIn is the, is the main uh, connecting platform. Um, mm -hmm. I think I, I have built uh, my, my network for, that is quite, quite good in the last years. Okay. Um, I think, of course, there is something like referrals. So you talk to people, someone can recommend someone. I actually got a couple of very good uh, leads for people that didn't even have uh, LinkedIn. Okay. Um, and that's quite uh, unusual, I think, in, in these times. Of course, um, LinkedIn is, is super popular, which mm -hmm. also means that everyone is using it. So you have quite a big competition. Um, you need to also go to some other um, measures uh, and ways uh, to, to approach and to find good people. Mm -hmm. um, I think I try to always make a combination of uh, soft and hard skills. Yep. Um, I think what's, um, yeah, if we make the connection to the, to the automa automated uh, recruitment, I think you can have, uh, you know, great uh, algorithms or use uh, AI to uh, somehow filter uh, some CVs. Um, but I think there are also a lot of people that have an amazing potential to fill in a certain role. And it yeah. all starts with making a good connection with the clients, um, getting to know the character also of the hiring manager or the technical manager in the departments. Uh, because I think majority of the work consists on matching someone character-wise yeah. with the person. Uh, with, the hard, with hard skills, I think... Um, uh, depends also for which role. Of course, if you look for someone with 10 years of experience, uh, it is no, not negotiable. It, yeah. The person needs to have experience with certain things. Uh, but I guess it always comes down to, uh, to soft skills. And I, I've seen it happening so many times. Mm -hmm. uh, someone being actually rejected based on the wrong personality uh, yeah. rather than being rejected uh, because they didn't know uh, certain software, etc. This, this, yeah. this, this is something you can always learn. You cannot learn uh, how to communicate, how to be a good communicator, uh, or how to be naturally a good speaker. Can uh, you so not? I think, I think you can, right? It's just more effort, maybe. Mm, of, yeah, I, yeah, that's the question. Can you learn anything? Uh, I think you can, but is it going to give yeah. you energy? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you also I, help people place them, uh, uh, place them in the country, for example, you said. So maybe also one thing you can do for them is send them on communication courses and stuff, I guess, if that's... Uh, an option uh i prefer to send them uh, for a software course yeah it's okay. yeah so it's, it's easier yeah yeah i understand and i also don't yeah. believe someone who is as i described like a typical beta profile i don't mm -hmm. think any of you is actually a typical uh, beta thanks uh, a lot it's, um, it's a yeah it's, yeah <laughs> i don't know if it's a compliment it's just the type of i feel very alpha right yeah. now <laughs> Well, you're talking to three guys and you're using words like alpha and beta, man. It's, uh... 
I didn't say you are not alpha either, right? <laughs> It's just, um, it just, um, I, I think it, it, it will be too much, uh, too much outside of, of someone's comfort zone for yeah. a lot of people. That, uh, yeah, why? Also, sometimes you can see that quite often that uh, someone is very good at their job. Uh, let's say they are an, someone is an engineer. Uh, he's amazing at what he's doing. What happens? Bam, he's promoted to a team leader. Suddenly, all his tasks are changing and he doesn't do the engineering anymore. Uh, but he takes the promotion because, for yeah. example, the company doesn't have the right uh, a career path for someone to become yeah. a senior engineer. And then the problems start because he's, he might be doing it, but he will be so exhausted at the end of the day that, yeah. Yeah, the question yeah that's is the worst scenario, scenario, right? Yeah. No, they lose, they lose a good engineer and they get a horrible team lead. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, just another uh, uh, sucky supervisor that the world needs. Um, so, no, I, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, and it should be yeah, more implemented in the strategy of, of companies, which doesn't always yeah. happen. And uh, I, I have another question, maybe you can explain. Uh, speaking with a lot of friends in the past, also mostly IT, like when they are like in a junior uh, positions, they are like, oh, I want to change jobs, but I don't know where to go, right? And mm -hmm. I found it fascinating that still a lot of people do not know that you can actually contact a recruitment company and they will find a job for you. So maybe can you like explain to us and to people who are listening, like which kind of recruitment companies there is and like what they could expect from them and maybe how they should consider like, ah, I'm going to hire this company then or figure out, oh yeah, I'm going to hire Dominica's company because uh, I share the same values. Do you get my question? Um, yes, um, I uh, I cannot uh, talk on behalf of every uh, the word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you what I know about it. Um, I think if you are uh, quite lost in not knowing even what you want, what you want to do, uh, or you're considering a career switch, etc., I think it's good to go to a career coach, like a professional yeah. coach that will also maybe dig deeper into your personality or some yeah what gives you energy what takes energy out of you uh, while recruitment uh, companies something a bit different i i'm not sure if i would be able to advise a career uh, switch to an it person uh, of course it depends but not a career switch, switch but like a company switch like just a different uh company um, people just got struggle like oh i open linkedin i don't know how for a company that or the kind of job that i should they just don't know how to search it in my, uh, in my market, definitely yes, because I, I know my clients very well and uh, I also know uh, the limits or the, the, the opportunities. Uh, so if I know that uh, someone says I want to be a project manager, I can tell them straight away what they need to do to become one one day. Uh, mm -hmm. Or even sometimes to forget, forget about it because I know that there is some kind of a glass ceiling and it will never happen because they, there are very hard requirements that this person will never meet. Um, so when it comes to my market, I think yes. And, uh, of course I don't cooperate with every company there is in the sector, mm -hmm. but at least I, I think I have quite a, a big understanding of them. Okay. Yeah. Because like, for example, I, I remember I got two jobs actually through recruitment, like recruiters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember the first time that actually happened was in Holland and, uh, I was a bit shocked that they do the whole work and I pay nothing. You know, like was totally free for me. And then later on, I understood how at least the business model works and that the company pays for it. Uh, and that's why I'm saying like for candidates, like uh, they have nothing to lose. Or do you guys think they have something to lose going directly to a recruitment? Uh, no, definitely. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think they have anything to lose. Um, I think nowadays um, it's quite a common uh, idea to contact a recruiter. Um, I think what's important is for people to know uh, not to contact uh, ten different recruiters, but to focus on one. Give them if okay. you if you have a good feeling, give them certain uh, type of exclusivity for a couple of weeks, and let them do the job. Uh, otherwise, okay. you end up in a situation that uh, your CV is flying all over the country. You have no idea where your data is being sent to. Mm -hmm. Not everyone informs you properly about it. Uh, so this is usually my advice uh, to people when I speak to them to also keep track of what's happening with their uh, personal details. 
Uh, and sometimes I get questions uh, from people like, hey, um, so, uh, yeah, what do I owe you? Like, how does it look? And uh, then I always just say, yeah, we, you just have to smile and shake my hands, uh, shake my hands if, if when, it's, when it's possible, finally, <laughs> one day. Um, so from the candidate, there's, there's no cost uh, whatsoever. It's, it's actually getting a lot of benefits um, from working with an external recruiter that can give them an overview of the markets. Yeah. Have you never had a moment where you put a lot of time and effort and energy into a candidate only for him or her to reject the offer in the end? And then I'm assuming there is zero in it for you. Is that has that happened a lot? And is, how frustrating is that? It happened a lot. <laughs> um, it happened a lot. And of course, you can take it as a as a failure and mm. uh, or it can give you more uh, motivation to just go forward and really be determined to find the right person yeah uh, yeah it happens uh, quite a lot um i think what you get from it is always still a valuable candidate maybe if he says not maybe he says no now but you never yeah. know what's going to happen in some time um yeah. and um yeah it, it, it happens so so you work normally i would imagine as an external uh, party you work a lot with uh, recruiting manager within your clients correct uh, yeah, usually it's uh, like an internal hr person or internal recruiter uh, or directly hiring manager who is also a technical manager it depends yeah. on the, on the company so i i never been on the position where you have been uh, where, but i've worked as a internal hiring manager and i worked also with uh, external recruiters and then it's it's quite interesting, and I w want to hear how do you do this. But I've had experiences where with some recruiters it just like really easily works, and it seems like we're understanding each other really easily, and they understand our needs, and they um, follow up, and they communicate cl clearly, and they kind of be become your right hand. And that for me mm -hmm. had worked like amazingly. So it, it's not up to me to remind the recruiter weekly, okay, can you give me the latest update? But it's like the information need is always there. Uh, from your perspective, have you had clients and and as a company is that well with some it works easier, with others it works more difficult, and why could that be the case? Um, definitely, it's 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 also very personal. Uh, sometimes you can have uh, two different uh, types of experience even uh, with the same company. Uh, depends on the on the person if the person changes. Um, I think a lot depends also on a personal click. Um, and I think it's also sometimes it's better if uh, I'm the contact person for someone. Uh, sometimes we decide it's going to be one of my partners. So it's uh, we don't force anything. And uh, usually the client uh, chooses or we see ourselves what what works better. Um, it also depends on what the client wants. Sometimes they say, hey, uh, I don't need you to contact me every week. Uh, I will let you know when we have something. Sometimes we get an, uh, an email when they uh, are looking for someone. With majority of my clients, I have um, uh, I have uh, such a relation that if I have someone uh, that I I think they really they would really fit in the company, I'm always allowed to send them uh, for so-called open application, and then we see what what happens. And uh, okay. you um, are you also involved in the part of the negotiation process, or is that something that the clients do directly themselves? No, definitely. I am involved uh, in that. Uh, we always uh, love that uh, recruitment is the hardest uh, type of sales because you um, it's like imagine selling a car and the car talks back and the car has an opinion and it says, no, I don't want to be bought by that guy. I want to be bought but, uh, by, by that lady. So it's, um, yeah. it's really uh, tough because you have to manage expectations of both sides uh, constantly. Uh, and you need to be some kind of a, of a messenger. And of course, uh, you want the best for your candidates because they also trust you to, to negotiate the best package. But at the same time, um, the, let's say that the, uh, when, when, we, when we talk about the secondary conditions or also the salary, it, it always comes from the clients because they need to fit in the scale, internal scale of, of salaries that the client has. Um, so as, a, as an external recruiter, we can offer also some other benefits like educational uh, um, educational course, et cetera, et cetera, or the relocation uh, help. Um, but when we talk about the, 
the main package it's it's usually what the client uh, offers and of course there is always some kind of negotiation but that also depends how far it can go okay like would yeah. would you ditch like a candidate that is just not skilled enough would you say i'm sorry i cannot work with you because i can't place you anywhere or how, how does that work um yeah definitely it's not that i uh, consult everyone who applies i i also want to be very uh, honest uh, but at the same time, I try to say what they could work on. And um, okay. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's something that should be also included in the um, application process. If you get a rejection, uh, of course, you know, if you get 1,000 uh, CVs every day, it's hard to personally reply to, uh, to everyone giving tips. But if recruitment is our main uh, specialty, then... Uh, if I can, uh, I always take the time to do that. Yeah. I think one of the greatest things that recruiters actually can do if they actually care about people is give them an all op open and honest feedback, especially in people. What Henrique mentions is you see that they have potential, you see they are have the right attitude, but at this point you cannot place them anywhere because, well, maybe they miss certain skills. So yeah. offering them proper feedback, like how to get that and work with them, uh, it's really beneficial for everybody. And then you build maybe a friend for forever and then become your... Um, uh, your uh, well, not client, but your customer in the end. Yeah, yeah definitely. And you never know uh, where people uh, end up. You know, like maybe the guy that uh, I'm talking to will be a, a manager engineering one day, and then we can do yeah, uh, business, yeah. etc. So, as I mentioned, a huge part of recruitment is uh, is not only approaching the actively approaching candidates, but also hanging out with the passive ones just to build up your network and to keep to stay updated uh, with all the market developments. And that's what you do by talking to people. Yeah. And I was, I was wondering, because you mentioned that, uh, you know, rich people end up buying a yacht after they got the houses and the cars and everything. So I can imagine, like, yachts are not really getting built every day. So do you also have, like, dry spells of saying, like, yeah, I got all these candidates, but no... Yeah, no, 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 no spot to place them because yeah, right now they're just not building any yachts, or is there enough rich people to go around that uh, there's always some uh, some yachts being built somewhere? I think the the, the second one. <laughs> I think okay. the, there are always um, yeah, there will always be some rich uh, people that want uh, a yacht or another mm -hmm. one or the third one or a new one. Yeah, um, it's quite common to, for example, change the whole interior of a yacht if you get a new girlfriend or wife. Um, <laughs> wow, so, that's expensive. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is expensive, but uh, at the same time, I think um, you know a lot of companies talk about uh, being more sustainable nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think in a lot of cases it's it's just a, a buzz uh, word, uh, but in a lot of them, it's something is actually being done about it and. Uh, I think if you look at the yacht sector, there is yeah, really a lot to, to do that can be done. And I think um, what, makes, um, yeah, what makes a vessel a yacht is actually yeah. the interior, because as I mentioned, it's like a floating uh, five-star mm -hmm. hotel. Yeah. Um, so the interior is, is yeah, really top-notch, very expensive materials, uh, uh, very famous designers. Um, so yeah, like Louis Vuitton to... curtains and stuff like that? Yes, exactly. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. Cool. And uh, so, like uh, like we said on your resume, it says that you uh, used to be a Spanish teacher. So if someone were to offer you a job to teach Spanish to a class, would you take it or would you remain a recruiter? Wow, that's a tough question. I think my Spanish has became uh, quite uh, rusty in the last <laughs> 10 years because I didn't work as a teacher. Mm, I try to speak Spanish uh, as much as I can with friends uh, okay. and read uh, Spanish books and watch movies. Um, so I think it's, uh, it still stays on the shelf of a hobby, let's say. Okay. So you don't need subtitles for uh, Casa de Papel, for example? No, but I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I, oh, you should. That's yeah. my tip for you. Okay. <laughs> it's a good, yeah, it's a good series. Those Actually, he, uh, I think, uh, put me onto yeah. that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Those were people that can afford to buy a yacht or two. Uh, those yes. actors, yeah, probably, yeah. Right. <laughs> I doubt it actually. And uh, I, I have another question now because I experienced uh, lately 
as I said, I'm doing a lot of interviews and I always have this, uh, and we do quite long interviews, right? We work together for a few hours. And at some point of the, like, you just know there is no click, right? There is just not a match. It's just not going to work. And I always feel guilty for basically interrupting saying, I'm sorry, this is not going to work. We should stop it here and not waste both of our time. It's like, do you have a tip for me how to end an interview gracefully when there is just not a connection? Maybe even the skills is okay, but the connection is just not there. Well, I think it's a great idea to work with an external recruiter because then uh, uh, they can tell the person there was no click. Sorry, it's not going to work. Yeah, but I'm still in the middle of it, right? It's like we do interview for four hours. We work together for four hours to see. And then should I continue working with this person for four hours, wasting both of our time, even though I know it's not going to work? Or should I just say after one hour, man, yeah, this is just going nowhere. Yeah, I think it's up to you. Uh, also, what you believe in, you know, um, it's like if you go on a date, uh, it's, if you don't have a click on the first date, are you going to go for the second? I think not. No. Yeah, but yeah, do you exactly. leave the first Probably. date early? Like, do you not wait for dessert? Like, okay, we're having dinner first date. <laughs> and then like during the main course, it's like, okay, I don't really like this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Like putting that way, I would probably wait for dessert, but unless it's really unpleasant. Because <laughs> it can be, right? Also, it, it can be. be. It can be very unpleasant, sure. Yeah. And it can be very unpleasant. And, and I think like I, it happens to me, right? Like I got a very bad review from a candidate. Like I, I hate this interview. Mm -hmm. And I, at some point I was like, how much is that on me? How much is that on the candidate, right? Because I can also understand that there is different style of interviews or is one of these cases that the customer is always right and is always my problem um, as an interviewer. I think it's a very good idea what you have to actually work with someone uh, for some time. Um, in general, if you think of uh, interviews, uh, yeah, it's like one hour and then you get maybe two interviews. I think it's way too, uh, too little time to actually... Um, be sure if this is the right person and for the person to know if if it's, this is the right company. Uh, I think uh, spending half a day somewhere should always be a process, a part of the process. Uh, of course, usually it's not possible because of the some confidential information, uh, projects, etc. Yeah. Uh, depend, yeah, depends on the company. Um, I think maybe if you uh, have those cases, maybe you should uh, schedule the first time um, yeah, for two hours instead of four. Yeah. I think it's still enough to, to get the idea if there's a click or not. Mm -hmm. uh, also having in mind that probably the person that comes for, for the interview is quite nervous and stressed. And yeah, very uh, much. it can be, I think, easily translated into being excited. And maybe that helps people as well. If you look at the, everything that is happening with your body, in your brain, uh, I think those are very similar uh, interactions and, and processes. So. If you just translate it to your brain, hey, I'm actually excited, not nervous, I think it can eliminate a lot of um, problems as well. Maybe someone yeah. is not being itself uh, during the yeah. four hours and, and then you also are not, not able to get to know them. Hmm. What, what are, because this is an interesting uh, thing you're mentioning, Hick, but I wanted to ask Dominica, can you share with us what are some of the most fun or most awkward interview moments that you've, uh, that you've had? Hmm, I'm not sure <laughs> if it's not confidential. <laughs> um, I'm not mentioning names, I, I hope. Uh, I'm not sure. I uh, Yeah, nothing like really funny or, or awkward comes to my mind. Maybe, um, yeah, sometimes people go very uh, personal. Uh, and that's, yeah, I, I, I try maybe not to go that personal already during the first uh, talk. Uh, of course, depends also if there's a, a click or not. A mm -hmm. um, couple of times, uh, like a wife uh, joined the interview uh, suddenly, not on my request, but just like to ask some questions. <laughs> so what? that was uh, funny. Uh, it also happened a couple of times that I spoke to a, to a spouse or a partner to answer some questions, but that was usually on the later stage. Um, and if you, especially if you relocate the whole family, yeah. uh, okay, you, you, you look for a job for a, one person, and then it's not just that person, it, it comes with a package. Yeah. So you need to think about usually the wife. Does she speak English? Is she going to find a job? Uh, is she going to be happy without the job? Uh, what about the kids? Uh, yeah. Do you want to send them to a Dutch school, to international school? Um, yeah. How is it going to be? 
so it's the, it's it's really the full package um, that sometimes you yeah you you really uh, you are part of uh, to a very huge extent. Yeah, and did you sometimes have like uh, I don't know, place the people here in the Netherlands, and then two months later they called you and said like I'm miserable here, I want to go back. Um, yes, it happens. Um, then of course you try to uh, to somehow solve the situation. Yeah. Um, it's not always uh, possible. Um, I think that the um, the recruitment process is is very important to actually yeah. tackle all possible problems. Of course, you um, want to prevent it. Yeah. Exactly. Usually, yeah. it's um, there is always a face-to-face -face interview as well. Uh, we fly someone in to see the company, get the feeling of uh, of the country, of the city. Uh, go and stay a weekend in in a place where you might be living. Um, and who I think pays for that? The candidate, the company, or you? Um, well, we we usually uh, pay for the for the flight and the interview cost for okay. the candidates. Uh, we we organize it together with the with them. Uh, of course, sometimes it happens that uh, they they were planning to visit uh, friends, etc., and uh, we can combine it together. Um, I think with the with the current situation. Almost everyone I speak to, they they either have been to the Netherlands already or they have some friends. Uh, so there's always some connection to the country, to the culture. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. Wow. I think uh, Sylvester only paid for dinner once for me when we did uh, <laughs> when I did the interviews with Four Scouts. So you know, oh, the same with me was a dinner as well. Yeah, <laughs> so but I, I guess now my next holiday is going to be applying for a job somewhere, get them recruited to buy my flight tickets, and I spend every weekend somewhere. <laughs> Yes, this is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're running, uh, kind of running out of time, although, uh, you know, we don't really have a hard deadline or anything, but uh, we're closing in on the hour. So I don't know if you guys have any more questions for Dominica or Dominica. Maybe you have some questions for us. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, we could still talk for like two hours, I think. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. That's no uh, doubt. <laughs> Even about uh, yeah, some some funny stories uh, related to yachts or uh, stories with candidates. I, I think I have a lot of that. But uh, so why didn't you uh, share? I just asked. Oh, when did you ask? <laughs> oh, the awkward. You asked for awkward. I didn't didn't have any awkward. <laughs> fun, well, fun fun is also good. Yeah, fun well, story. For example, I think not a lot of people know that uh, one of one of the yacht uh, building shipyards in the Netherlands was uh, partially owned by Donald Trump in the 80s. Oh, and cool. that was quite a funny story because he ordered uh, ordered a yacht. And uh, keep in mind, it was around 40 years ago. And mm -hmm. he ordered uh, a 120 meter yacht, which still for 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 now, it's it's quite a huge yacht. Uh, so imagine what what it meant 40 years ago. Yeah, uh, you can love him or hate him. But I think he's still uh, he is still a visionary in a lot of subjects. Uh, so he ordered the yachts, and in the meantime, something went wrong. I think he, he lost a lot of money. Um, and of course, if you uh, back off from the from the process as an owner, you pay a lot of uh, fee, a lot of penalty. Yeah, a huge penalty, yeah. Exactly. So he calculated it, and it turned out that it's actually cheaper for him to buy the whole shipyard and take the decision <laughs> of not giving himself a penalty. Uh, for uh, acquiring the shipyard. So I think he bought it and a couple of months later he sold it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that was uh, funny. There are st still a lot of pictures of him flying in the helicopter from Schiphol uh, to visit the yard, etc. Interesting. Uh, that's funny. Also quite a lot of uh, famous people, they, uh, they have yachts built in the Netherlands. Uh, Steve Jobs, uh, of course, and uh, Steven Spielberg, um, their yachts, for example, were, were built here. Yeah. What's the most expensive yacht that you you were involved in? Do you know? Um, not, yeah. It, when when it's uh, during the construction process or still engineering, it's uh, everything is confidential. So oh, you okay. might know the length, etc. Hmm. The biggest yacht built in the Netherlands is 110 meters. Okay. Uh, now uh, I think it's uh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was made a couple of years ago. Uh, of course, the, the length of the yachts is, is, is going crazy. They, um, the, 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 actually, the biggest one in the world mm -hmm. was built in 2013. And now uh, the new biggest one will be uh, finished uh, this year, according to the plan. 
Yeah. Um, but it's also quite uh, quite interesting. Um, if you think of a yacht, of course, you think of luxury and you mm -hmm. think of money and uh, some crazy billionaire just uh, yeah. Blowing Somebody has to tell them that it's not about the size. Uh, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I think, I think it, it applies uh, to many more things. It's not about the size, it's about what you can do with it. Um, yes. And uh, it really applies to the one that is being built now. Um, it will be 183 meters and it's actually an expedition and research yacht. Hmm. So it was, uh, it was ordered by um, a Norwegian billionaire. And the, 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 the main aim of it is to actually create awareness of uh, anything related to the environment, what's mm -hmm. happening with the oceans, uh, with the plastic pollution, with overfishing, with the climate change. So it has space to accommodate over 90 scientists uh, and I think 30 uh, crew members, something like that. So the main aim is not to go to the Caribbean and uh, just have fun, but to mm -hmm. actually uh, yeah, being able to do the research on the spot in in many uh, places of the world uh, with a higher aim. And be comfortable exactly. while doing it, yeah. Research yes, and you know, finishing your, finishing your paper in a jacuzzi, who wouldn't yeah. want that? Uh, <laughs> so uh, it also changed a bit. Of course, it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a big part of marketing, but uh, I think that the yacht world is also changing, changing uh, slowly. How has it changed uh, throughout the pandemic? Um, I don't think there was like a concrete report about it yet uh, when it uh, comes to the numbers uh, or like uh, uh, concrete facts. Uh, a lot of companies, of course, they had a hiring freeze. Um, yeah, the question is if it was really needed or it was more related to the restrictions of also relocating people from abroad, for example. Um, I think this is the, the biggest difficulty at this moment. Um, I think actually uh, more people uh, made the decision to build a yacht in terms of uh, having their own shelter and uh, not being restricted by uh, planes, by hotels, by a virus. They could just jump on the yacht and uh, sail and yep. have a holiday. Um, what they pay attention to is also like the, uh, for example, the, how, much, how much time they can stay uh, in the sea. Uh, without actually um, visiting the harbor to yeah, for to, supplies and uh, stuff for supplies for fuel yeah. um, so that's another story and i think there will be a, a big research and a development in that uh, in that case all right well so i think uh, that wraps it up for today uh, i guess to end it uh, you know we have two questions for you like so how how can someone recognize a good recruitment company or do you have any tips for people to to find the right company for their recruitment I think it's it's uh, it's much related so much more related to a click than we than yep. we think. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's something that you know only when you actually get to uh, to talk to someone. Yeah. Uh, I think if if you notice that someone has more uh, personal approach uh, instead of just recognizing the the uh, the typical message that's probably other one hundred mm -hmm. people received. Again, maybe someone doesn't mind that message. It's, it's really, really personal. For yeah. someone, uh, I think for different people, uh, the, the definition of a good recruiter will be different. Uh, I think okay. you, you need to have a pick. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it said on your uh, LinkedIn that you are a veggie baker and cook. So, of course, I have to ask you for your, uh, yeah, if you have a tip for us, like your favorite uh, veggie recipe or anything that you bake, like... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really like to bake. I think uh, all my friends always ask, ask me to, to bake uh, cakes for them. What's your specialty? Uh, cheesecake, I think. Okay. Nice. Oh, like what you know. Oh. Yeah. Next one uh, we're doing in our office and you're bringing cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> right. All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I think last, uh, last week I made a combination of brownie and cheesecake. And my, uh, my boyfriend said that it's like the best one especially in the Netherlands, and I should pitch it to uh, coffee shops. Okay. He, he is biased. Ah, did you put uh, mushrooms in it or what? No, oh, but it's like if you, if, you, if you are stoned and then you really want to eat, yeah, you're okay, like, yeah. should I get a cheesecake or brownie? And then you don't have a choice. So you don't need to take a choice. So <laughs> Makes uh, sense. That's fun. Convenient. Yeah. yeah. All right. And uh, Panche, what's your tip for the listener? Oh, my tip for the listener. Any? Yeah. Do you have any? Um, yes. 
try to get up in the morning as early as five and start the day very, very early with a cold shower and a workout. Damn it, man. That's a whole lifestyle change. Got a tip. Yes. <laughs> You'll feel awesome. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot, man, but I can't promise anything. Hey. <laughs> and Heek, what about you? Do you have a tip for the listener? Well, if you're searching for a job, I would definitely recommend to just contact any recruitment company and see, as Dominica said, if there is a click. And then yep. if there is a click, then yeah, let them work with you. And I think you get a greater chance of finding something in a shorter time. I would say that uh, it worked for me in the past. So I don't see why I wouldn't work for other people as well. All right. Yeah, man. Get and the you? best deal possible for you. Oh, that's, what, that's my tip, right? For everyone out yeah. there. Get the best deal possible for yourself, right? Because, uh, yeah. That's the most important thing. Um, so that's it, I guess. I mean, if you're super rich and listening, then you can always uh, contact Dominica for uh, for all your yacht needs. Uh, and you can also contact me if you want to uh, do stuff with me, you know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, her, the website is www.vanstorm.nl, if I'm not mistaken, Dominica. Yeah, so check that out. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have a tip or a suggestion for us, then uh, you can always reach us on Twitter at 4Scouts or on the email podcast at 4Scouts.nl. Dominica, thank you very much for coming here. It was an honor. Thank you and, very uh, much. I actually realized I didn't get the chance to ask you anything. <laughs> but oh, I guess okay. it, was, uh, it, just, it was just too short. Yeah, maybe next time. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows, with your host, Rolf Sir. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit 4scouts.nl and on Twitter at 4scouts. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on ScoutCast, Roasting Marshmallows.